0: We always wanted to be around each other. Samantha and I were—I uh, was nineteen and she was twenty. We're in college, and we always wanted to be around each other. I would, we would be on the phone till two a.m., and one of us would fall up to sleep, and we just thought to ourselves, "Hey, uh, when we get married, we're always going to be around each other. There's never going to be a moment in time when we're just not going to be there. We're, we're going to be waiting for each other when we get home, and everything will be perfect." We always try to outdo each other of who can love the other one more. And then about a year after our wedding, we were having one of the biggest fights of our life. And I think to myself, how could two people who knew so little about each other be so selfless and giving of themselves to make the other person happy. And then now fast forward a year, the same two people who know now more about each other can give so little of themselves and actually be so selfish that they would throw The other person's words in their face and to try to make them hurt. Today on the family engagement podcast, we're going to talk about God's original intent for marriage. We are going to begin our four part series called home. And today we're going to expand on the letter H for his design. Thank you again for uh, joining with me at the family engagement podcast. My name is Jimmy Dunn and I am the associate pastor of families in worship at exchange church in Arnold, Missouri. A couple of uh, things I want to update you guys on is that uh, first off our Facebook page is up and also uh, we're getting a website hooked up and you can find the website. It's going to be launched in, uh, in a couple of days, but you can start to see some of the things unfold at www engagement.family.blog so that's uh, B-L-O-G so that's uh, where you can find the website and also you can email us at engagemyfamily at gmail.com so there's going to be several ways you can can contact us if you need some resources, some help um, through Facebook, through the email and also through the website and so um, a lot of things are going on and I'm very excited about where this is going to go, and I have uh, great uh, hopes for it. And, and, and please keep uh, myself and your prayers and my family in your prayers as we kind of see where this goes. And I'm praying that uh, God will bring some healing in some families and some families um, and some resources to you all. And uh, I, I think we're going to have a great journey of where this is going to go. Uh, so first of all, like, like we talked about last time, We're beginning this four part series and called Home H O M E. And today we have to start in the beginning. We have to start in the beginning of how God views marriage and how does God see uh, the family. And as Ken Ham has always said, there's the answers are in Genesis. And so we have to start there. And we're going to start right in Genesis 1. And so. Uh, I I don't mean for this to be a Bible study per se, uh, but uh, if you have time and and you have the resources to be able to pull up in a Bible and follow along where we're going to go, you can do that. But I will also put resources in um, the website and on Facebook after every episode. I'll do my best to try to do that. And so um, this home series is something that uh, I've kind of created as a help for you and and for me, actually everything's for me and my family, and I just want to be able to share it with you and so home was an acronym that I was able to move into my life to remind myself that you know this parenting and marriage thing isn't all about me. it isn't all about my own strength, this isn't about my own ideas this isn't about that my the rise and fall of my family isn't upon me, but yet it's all on my response to what God has called me to be and my response on on relying upon him and his strength. And so H is the beginning of this. And and I told you this is kind of what I do through crisis counseling. This is what I do through premarital counseling. We always start back in the original design of family and marriage, uh, which is in the Bible. So Genesis 1, we look at God's original uh, design we see in uh, Genesis 1, 27 through 28, God says, uh, and through his word says, So God created man in his own image, the image of God. He created him, male and female. He created him. and God created them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and the heavens and every living thing that moves on the earth. So we see God creating humanity in his own image. And we know this because everything else that God created was by speaking it out. He said, let the waters be there. And there was, let there be light. And there was light and let there be vegetation. And there was vegetation, let there be birds. And there were birds and God spoke everything through his own power. And there was, but humanity, he created differently. He got down on his hands and knees into the dirt and, and the clay. And he molded man into his own image, and he loved them so much he wanted them to look like him and, and, and to resemble him and to be an image bearer of him. And so then he breathed his, his breath into them and gave them life. And so he created Adam, and then we know the story that he took Adam's rib and made Eve. But why did he make Eve? Why did, why did he create a woman? Which means Adam called her woman because it was made out of man. The reason is is that in in Genesis uh, 2, God said, man shouldn't be alone. There was was no helper for Adam to have out of all the animals. There was no one that was fit to take care of Adam and to be Adam's helper. So God created his equal partner, Eve. And he did the first wedding. They were union in one flesh through um, sexual intimacy and uh, they were perfectly happy. They, there was, there was uh, no animosity between them. There was no sin. And so Adam says, at last, this is bone of my bone, my flesh of my flesh, and she should become woman, should be called woman because she was taken out of man. And God said, therefore, let a man leave his mother and his father and hold fast to his wife, that they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and they were not ashamed. They saw each other and they were perfectly happy. They were perfectly, perfectly content with God and each other. And that's why I kind of use the analogy of when Sam and I first met, there was, there was uh, so much happiness that we, we overlooked each other's flaws. Um, and, you, and you could probably say that about your own relationship, that when you first were dating, that you overlooked each other's flaws, you, because you were just so in love that you, you were so um, we call it, we call that kind of blind love, right? We we can say, you know, oh, well, I can ignore that, I can ignore that because there's these better qualities about them. And in this case, there were there were everything was great. There was no sin, and so Adam and Eve were perfectly content with each other because they had a perfect relationship with God. And so now we know that um, that marriage was created with the intent to have children and to. Leave our father and mother, and to have more uh, to meet somebody else, and have more children. Subdue the earth. That was God's original plan: was to create families that worshipped Him, that had a relationship with Him. But as we know in Genesis three, the next chapter, Satan destroys all that. Satan uh, has a plan to uh, destroy not only the relationship that that uh, that men and women had with each other. That was, that was definitely something that came as a result of sin, but, they, but the, what Satan really wanted to do was destroy the, the relationship between man and God. That was the most important thing. And so when we look at scripture and we see that Satan tempted Eve and Adam was there and Eve took a bite of the apple and, or the fruit and gave it to Adam and he ate it and then they, what? they realized that they were both naked and they became ashamed they hid it they hid from each other they fashioned the clothes out of leaves and they hid from god now we know that the original sin was not in the action of of taking the fruit and disobeying god but it says in chapter 3 verse 6 that when they looked at the tree and they saw it was good for food that that it became a delight to the eyes you see adam and eve were told a lie that if they ate of that fruit, they would be like God. They could have power like God, that they could, um, they wouldn't need him anymore because they could just do everything themselves. They wouldn't need each other anymore, that they would be all powerful and they could be like God. And so that became a delight to themselves and they forgotten their first love, which was God. And in that sin, they were separated from each other. They realized that they didn't need each other, that they could be perfectly happy by being with themselves in that moment. So they sinned and then they became ashamed and they hid. And God comes back through the garden and is looking for them. And they said, that, uh, he said, where are you? And they said, "Well, we're naked. And he said, well, who told you you were naked? And, but God knew this whole time. Let's not you know joke ourselves. God knew what was going to happen from the beginning. And he allowed them to fall. And so like a good father, he, he disciplines them, but then he kills not them, but kills an animal and then clothes them. But yet he pushes them and rejects them out of the garden and out of a perfect relationship because he can't be around sin because he's a perfect and a holy God. So you may be asking yourself, why this Bible study? Why are we going over Adam and Eve? Well, because this is where marriage and family began. This is where God originally ordained the husband and wife. And we see throughout the rest of scripture that God has a plan for marriage and he he takes it very seriously. And you may ask yourself, well, how seriously does God take marriage? Well, he takes it serious enough to where he doesn't want it destroyed. He doesn't want uh, a man and wife to take it lightly because he hates it. Whenever marriage is disrupted, or in this case, we use the word divorce. And actually it says in the Bible, in Malachi 2, it says in verse 16, that did he not make them one with a portion of his spirit in their union? And what was the one God seeking? Godly offspring. So guard yourselves within the spirit and let none of you be faithless to the wife of your youth. For I am hate divorce. God makes it very clear that he does not want uh, uh, the marriage to end. That's why he says they become one flesh. And, And you may say, well, you know, there's that one part in the Bible where God okays divorce if only one spouse leaves the other in sexual morality. Well, yeah, but let's take the whole context in Matthew 19. The Pharisee, in verse three, the Pharisees came to him and tested him by asking, is it lawful to divorce once a wife, uh, one's wife for any cause? And he answers them. Have you not read that he who created them in the beginning made them male and female Adam and Eve and said, therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and the two shall become one flesh. We just read that in Genesis. And so they are no longer two, but they're one flesh. For therefore, what God has joined together, let man not separate. God was very clear. Jesus was very clear. His intention for marriage was that it was a holy union, a commitment between two people, a man and a wife, to spend their life with each other. And, and to, not only with each other, but with God, was to be one with each other and one with the Father. And so the Pharisees then say, well, why then did Moses command one to give a certificate of divorce and to send her away? Then they, they ask him then, then why did Moses give, they were trying to trip him up on a contradiction, but Jesus knew because he's the one who gave the command. He knew why the command was there and, and, and why divorce was okay, only for a certain reasoning. And he gives the explanation. He says to them, because Of your hardness of the heart, Moses allowed you to divorce your wives. But from the beginning, it was not so. And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife, except for sexual immorality and marries another commits adultery. Jesus was very clear. He says, you know what? You whined and you complained. And so out of your hardness of heart, out of the mercy of God, he says, fine, if you want divorce, the only way you can give a certificate of divorce if your spouse commits, commits sexual immorality against you. Now, why is sexual immorality? Well, when we talk about one flesh, what we said was sexual intimacy was two people becoming one flesh. And we know as human beings that sex is a special intimate relationship with one another. We know that it's, it's, a, it's not just something to be thrown away. We know it deep within our hearts, no matter what young person or or um, free person says, oh, I can do whatever I want and with whoever I want. The, the thing is, is that we know, we know that it is uh, an important um, union between two people. And so if one person commits one union in flesh with another person, that's marriage. God sees marriage, sex as marriage. That was the... Uh, the view of marriage is if you had sexual intimacy with one another. And so if someone was going to leave the marriage to have sexual intimacy with somebody else, then they become a union with somebody else and they've broken the union between their spouse. So God says, okay, if you want divorce, go ahead, get divorced. But only if the person whom you have a union with breaks the covenant, breaks the contract, of marriage that you originally had with them. That's the only way he gives it. And he says, if, if you get divorced, anyone who marries a divorced person is a sinner. You see, that's pretty harsh. Well, because of God's standards, we know this. We know that God has these 10 commandments. He says, do not worship any other idols. Do not lie. Do not steal. And we know that God has these high standards and we know that we can't judge ourselves based on our own standards, but on God's standards. And I have to keep going back to scripture because it's his design. Again, this isn't my, this isn't Jimmy's standard of marriage. This is God's standard of marriage. And in 1 Corinthians seven verses 10 through 11, it says, Paul says to the church, to the married, I give this charge, not I, but the Lord the wife should not separate from her husband, but if she does, she should remain unmarried or else be reconciled to her husband and the husband should not divorce his wife. So even in this case, Paul says, the person who divorces their spouse should never remarry, but come back to the spouse or to remain unmarried. Now, again, this is not mine. Even Paul saying, "This isn't my. This is my charge. This is God's. This is not my charge. This is God's." And so we must have this 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 completely different understanding of marriage. We have to have this high value of marriage. Now, footnote. Is God merciful? Yes. Is God forgiving? Yes. So what are we going to do with that? Well, I believe that because God is merciful and God is righteous and God is holy, he forgives sinners and he gives us another chance. So with that being said, if you are a married couple and one of you has been divorced, there is grace and there is mercy in the father. The one thing I need to tell you is, is that if you're divorced And you're remarried or going to get remarried. The judgment of God has passed over you if you are a believer in Jesus. But you must acknowledge the fact that God takes marriage seriously. With that being said, my only recommendation to you in this is that if you want a better marriage, if you want to have a better relationship with your spouse, you must come to your knees and come to the fact and tell God marriage is your design, not mine. Yes, I failed in my last marriage. I divorced. My spouse left the relationship or even you, you say I left the marriage. But because he's a holy God and he loves you, he has forgiven you. Rejoice in his forgiveness, receive grace and acknowledge his design and move on for the future move on with the repentance of your heart that you will now make this union, this flesh, one flesh union to be committed to each other and to be one with the father as his original design was. And so before we can move on to the next, Oh, into our home series, let's pray this week. Let's focus on the original design in Genesis and God's, seriousness and Malachi and in first Corinthians that when you come to the union marriage, divorce is not an option. And as Sam and I have had many fights in our relationship since our first fight, when all of it's said and done, we come to each other and we say, we're sorry. We fall on our knees and accept grace and we become one spiritually with the father And we we continue to love each other through our faults and show grace and mercy because our father has shown us grace and mercy. So for the healthy, if you're great, continue to acknowledge the original design of God's design of marriage. And for the hurting, come back, come back to the seriousness of marriage and accept the mercy and grace of God in your faults and in the faults of your spouse and to the the ones who need, uh, who are hungry. Read Genesis, the original design for marriage and read 1 Corinthians uh, 7, God's principles for marriage and discuss it. Discuss how your marriage has been so far and see what God can do with you. I pray that you will discover things about each other that you've not realized for a long time and that you will fall deeply in love with each other and especially with the Father. Thank you for joining me in this uh, family engagement podcast. Please uh, like us on uh, Facebook and uh, also uh, subscribe on iTunes, and you'll get some notifications that are coming in the future. So I just want to remind you that an engaging family is a thriving family.